Our world continues to change and push us in ways we have not been challenged before. On this show, we talk about these challenges, how to be aware of them, face them, and overcome them in your life. This is David Waldus, creator of the Align Living System. And I'm Nick Musica, Align Living Coach. Welcome to the Align Living System Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Align Living System Podcast. Uh, I'm here with Janine O'Connor again. This is actually uh, the second time we've done this on this podcast. We did it before on the Foundation Podcast as well, where she comes in and uh, asks me questions that I don't know what she's going to ask. And so hopefully you've listened to the other recordings and uh, realized how insightful she is with her questions and kind of how on point they are and uh, what a great job she does as a guide in this. And uh, so psyched to have Janine on again here and uh, welcome, welcome. David, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on again. I love this. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's really interesting as uh, you know, I, I talked a lot about my inner world, right? Did a whole podcast like answering viewers questions on that. And so I thought I'd just peel back the curtain a little bit as uh, you know, in, in my experience and Janine's experience as we're stepping into this uh, container today to record. And generally, well, I say generally, the last time we did this, it turned into two episodes and I think it's going <laughs> to as well today. So this is part one. Uh, but when we stepped in, it was really interesting. I had this just vision of being in like this giant domed room. And uh, in that, there was just all this guidance, all these beings that were here to answer these questions. And that's one of the interesting things about this for me, right, is that my job is kind of to prepare myself as this conduit and then get out of the way and, and let the message come through. And so, you know, it's kind of an interesting job because in a way it's very effortless, um, yet all my preparation is really where my work is. Like, how do I keep, keep myself clear? How do I open up to this? Um, you know, what, what does that take for me diet-wise, exercise-wise, um, you know, training my mind, all that type of stuff. And so, you know, as I step into this, this is where it becomes easy. <laughs> this is the easy part of it. And so that that dome that opened up with all these, you know, light beings here of guidance, all, all these uh, higher frequency uh, beings, for lack of a better word, that are here to uh, answer these questions. It was really a, a new experience. I hadn't had it happen that way. And then I felt Janine just enter the room and kind of like stand at this podium like she was asking questions to these beings, you know, not not to me, but I'm in the middle of this room here as the conduit for it. Um, but how how fascinating that was as an intro to this. And so I'm excited to see what comes of this. And sometimes when something shows up in a little bit different format like that, uh, you know, I have no idea quite what to expect, but uh, super intrigued and excited to see what happens today as we uh, as we hop in together here. And so um, greetings from inside this dome. <laughs> yes, what a beautiful visual. And I feel that energy. I feel precisely what you've described around me as well. And it's amazing how that can occur when we're in two different states, David, right, and doing right. this virtually, yet the energy is still all around us. Yeah, that non-local aspect of it too is is fascinating. You know, and it's like I work with, you know, almost all my clients are online. And, you know, it's it's funny to me. I often forget that I didn't just see the person in person because as we drop into these containers, it's just we're right there together. And then I'm like, oh that's right. 
I didn't see them yesterday. <laughs> I talked to them on the, on Zoom. Yeah, it's uh, yes. it makes, it's so real, right? It um, is. I feel it. Connected. I definitely feel it. And I think when you describe the preparation you do to be mm -hmm. your best self and to mm -hmm. show up for the people, your clients and all those around you, because I know you show up for your family members and people that mm -hmm. don't pay you as well. <laughs> and it takes preparation for you to be solid in mm -hmm. your energy. And I think intention is everything. And so your intention around this gift that you have and where you're headed and even today's call, I feel the intention mm. surrounding that of what we both wanted to enter into this podcast with ideas. And um, I know for me, the prep work of creating the questions with how can this serve? How can people hear this that need to hear it? Mm. So I think now we're feeling like, I don't want to say the fruits of that of prep, because now it's easy, like you said. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah it, it's right there yeah it's funny I'm starting to get these little hints of where we're where we're gonna go with this and uh <laughs> you know I, I may actually even before you ask a question because this is just coming in the, the, this idea when we talk I feel it was the last episode but a recent episode we did about owning your greatness and how it's the opposite of arrogance you know and that it, it creates this humbleness it really puts us on our purpose and a big part of that uh, and I'm pretty sure we got into this in the podcast. It's funny. I, I actually edit the podcast myself because I love to go back and listen to them because I often don't know what the heck I say on the podcast. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, cool. I, I, I get to catch up um, when I do the editing. But uh, there, there's a piece there around what we're putting our energy into. And, uh, you know, if I didn't talk about it on that podcast, I know I've talked about it on other podcasts, but about the idea of when we have this clarity and we get more and more in touch with our purpose and, and how we want to show up on this planet, a lot of it's about service. And, you know, there's a trap that we can get into with our service of, you know, are we helping the people that want to be helped and are ready for that? Or are we getting our energy trapped in places with people that are actually right where they want to be? Um, and, and so I, I just wanted to, to, to talk about that for a second from two perspectives. One is as the person who's being in service, like, are you finding yourself putting all of your energy into supporting people that, you know, if you really took a deep look at it, they're right where they want to be. Um, they may complain about it and say they want something different, but are they? And then the other part of that too, uh, you know, is for, for you personally, is asking that question for my for ourselves we you know when we think about the change that we want how much how scary is that for us how much are we in a place where you know I, I keep saying i want these things but i keep going back to the old well i keep recreating these old circumstances <clears throat> and as disturbing as it is and upsetting as it is is there something serving me there is there some sort of comfort is there something that there's is there a reason i keep going back to that and so i, I just wanted to preface today and I'm not again I have no idea where we're going but that was just showing up as a really clear uh you know, important awareness to step into today with and so uh so yeah oh, I'm excited to dive in and feel free to follow up on that Janine if there's anything you feel like you need to follow up on but I uh, lead us where we're going I'm excited to see I what will happens. and it's with the keyword purpose mm. so <laughs> I will say what just came to mind, a new question when you were sharing that information is, I think a lot of people get into service work or wanting to give and help 
that have a good heart, right? Mm -hmm. That really do want to make a difference. And yeah. yeah, there also is a benefit to that of, oh, that makes me feel good about myself too, mm -hmm. because I yeah, feel like I'm sure. doing good deeds. Yeah. So yeah. will you touch on that of, do you think people tend to want the trade-off for themselves or do genuinely want to give and contribute because that's their nature? Yeah, and 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 I, and I think that there's a journey most people go on with that, right? Because there's there's the intrinsic internal part where it's like, gosh, I I just feel like I really supported that person. I feel good about me. I feel good about what I had to offer. Like it just felt good to do it. And then the ego gets involved with that, right? Because we start to play with identity. And identity, we know the ego is involved with identity when we find ourselves moving from one place to another. Like I wasn't feeling good about myself, or maybe I was judging myself in some ways. I helped somebody, and now my ego gets to take me from self-judgment to some sort of, you know, positive reflection. And then the next version of that quite often is we feel the need to tell people. And, and share it aloud. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't share when we're supporting people because it can encourage other people. It can be naturally who we are. It's what we're excited about. But here, here's the nuance of it, I think to, that's so important to track is, is it moving us from feeling one way about ourselves to feeling another way about ourselves? And whenever we use it as a leverage point to feel better about ourselves intentionally, recognizing I don't feel good, and now I'm watching myself feel better. The more people I tell about it, the better I feel about myself and the better that reflection comes back. We know the ego's involved. And that's not bad. It's often part of that journey for people. And then something happens where, you know, maybe we do know that when I'm not feeling good, oh, I'm not being of service enough. And we can go, okay, I'm going to get back in service to, to change that. But it feels different. Like we, we start to offer the service. We feel back in our own groove like ourselves, like naturally what's coming through us is, is in resonance with us and the support we're offering is in resonance with us. And it becomes this intrinsic internal experience. And then maybe we don't feel the need, same need to share it. We don't need to post about it on social media or, and again, sometimes we do because it encourages others. And if it feels very natural and it's not moving us from feeling one way about ourselves to feeling another way about ourselves, feeling better, then I think that's the biggest indicator for us. Um, if we're, you know, if we're we're using it for, particularly if it says makes us feel more important or more loved or any of those things, um, you know, that the, the, there's a uh, the ego's gotten involved <clears throat> and it's gotten a little bit uh, contaminated with with the ego's desire to be important um, or to be special or seen in a way. Uh, yeah, does that make sense? It does make sense. And to follow up with that, how would you then describe alignment with your purpose? I look at what you do mm -hmm. and I feel like there's no ego involved. You're very aligned in the way you serve and what channels through you. And I'm, I guess I'm wondering, is there joy that comes with that? That's okay. Not in an ego centric way of simply, yes, I'm lit. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and it's such an interesting thing to describe because joy often feels very emotional. It feels like an uplift. And to me, what I feel is resonance, meaning like I'm right here at the right place at the right time doing the right thing. And that has, it doesn't move me from one place or another. It's just solid. 
it's locked in. It's like, yes, this is, this is just like, it's like hitting the note, right? You're like, I, I, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And that feels fantastic, but there isn't, and it's almost like stabilizing as opposed to moving us. And, and I think that when we're in the struggle with it, we're, we're moving up and down kind of that emotional range and our uh, identity range and, uh, you know, our, our self-worth range. And when we're really locked in on it, it's just like right place, right time, doing the right thing with the right people. Um, and it just feels solid. Is that, uh, that, does that yes, make sense? Yes, that's helpful. And as you mentioned identity, I met a gentleman the other day. He's about 30 years old. Mm -hmm. And he was sharing his story with us at a seminar I was at, attending. And he was struggling, actually, mm -hmm. to the point of a month prior had been suicidal. Mm -hmm. And now we're mm -hmm. at the spiritual retreat and mm -hmm. he's growing mm -hmm. and finding his purpose, mm -hmm. keyword purpose. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it was unfortunate in a way uh, he shared after college. He was inherited quite a bit of money mm -hmm. where he does, he's never really had a job mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or a role to play or a feeling of purpose. Yeah. And so yeah. then he feels this loss of identity and mm -hmm. now his years pass on and he still has plenty of money, but yet he doesn't want to live. Yeah. And yeah. so it was a beautiful moment because right after he shared, somebody came up and offered him a job. And said, what if part of your purpose is now to get other people who have the spiritual pain that you've suffered mm -hmm. without having an identity of like people that feel lost and maybe mm -hmm. you can help guide them to what their purpose mm -hmm. is. So he's now going to help college mm -hmm. applicants and kids searching to where their destiny is, which is mm -hmm. a beautiful alignment of what happened. It just reminded me of purpose and identity and the things that we're talking about right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many really important parts of that too. And, you know, it's funny. I've worked with quite a few people who are in a trust fund sort of situation. And it's funny because people think like, oh, they're all set up. And particularly people that don't have that in their lives or have struggled financially or a lot lands on them. They, it's very easy to look at that as easy street. It's very easy to look at that as like, oh, they're set up for success. They don't have to worry. And being inside their worlds, like it, it was such an eye-opening experience for me because of the dilemma that it creates when you don't have that desperation for survival. And, you know, that sounds rather weird to say, but when your basic needs are taken care of, you would think that the person would just be like, oh, well, I can pursue what's interesting to me. I can pursue, you know, what my passions are. I can do anything now because I don't have to worry. But when we haven't earned that ourselves, for many people, the majority, I think they're in that situation, there's a, a real self-worth component to it where they get stuck. And without that, the desperation of how am I going to show up in this world? How am I going to make my mark? How am I going to make myself, you know, viable to survive here? Like when all that's taken care of, it, it really, really messes with a person because, you know, at two levels, one is they feel like they need to live up to this incredible setup that they've been given and they, they don't feel capable of showing up in the world big enough to match up with the gift, the gift, so to speak, right, that they were given of this financial security. And it really, really messes with them. Um, and, and then the other side of that, too, is that where does the drive come from? Because complacency 
is, is kind of an interesting word because people think of complacency as like, oh, well, you know, I, I'm just kind of settled in. But complacency can be one of the most uncomfortable, deteriorating, uh, like destructive places that people can get stuck because it separates them from that drive that gets them in touch with their life purpose, what wants to come out of them. Um, and, and the kind of the rawness that survival often brings to us where we start sorting through our shit. And when we can just kind of hang out and go through the motion um, and are afraid to take the steps because we don't know how we're going to live up to the setup that we've been given um, in, in a way, and it sounds very weird to say this, but <clears throat> when I've spent time in, in those folks energy and world, they have it in many ways much harder than those of us that have had to work our ass off to even, you know, just pay our bills to stabilize ourselves because we trust ourselves after doing that. We know we have what it takes. And when somebody just hands you that, you don't know that you have what it takes and you don't trust that even if you do. And most of those people do. Most of those people are absolutely amazing, but they're just gridlocked and stuck in, in that place of, uh, I don't know how to prove myself. Like I, and I don't have to, so I can kind of just hang out here and keep hiding and keep kind of wandering around and dabbling with stuff. Um, because the the necessity is not there and it affects my mental health in massive ways. And so I think that message is for, for two sides of that. One is for the people that feel that and go, oh yeah, like I've had so much self-judgment. Why haven't I been able to take this opportunity and just do incredible things in the world? Like, well, you've been set up and, and this is your journey. This is your challenge. And for people that have on the other side of that, that have had to struggle and pay their own way or, you know, aren't getting the support they think they deserve or, you know, even maybe they they are in a situation where somebody could make them a trust wonder and they aren't, and, and the resentment of that, like there's so much value in, in that struggle and there's so much illusion around what it set up sets up when people think they're being taken care of. Um, because it's 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 one of the most challenging things I've actually seen in clients. I can understand and appreciate what you just said. There's such an importance for hunger, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. In anyone to go from where you are to where you want to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if there isn't a need, if you're already all taken care of um, and you, you've never known that, it, it's, yeah, it, it's it's debilitating, um, you know? And, and I, I think that we see that in a lot of, you know, uh, kids that have whose parents have really not wanted them to have the same struggles that they had and it's all well intended yet it really sets them up and you know a couple different ways one is that hunger piece but the other one is that when they get so much handed to them and they go out into the world and then the world doesn't give a shit about them like it's so just devastating like they just like there's such a uh a transformation that is required of them and such a uh rude awakening of yeah like well nobody gives a shit get in line and uh yeah. and they're like oh no 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 i'm always at the front of the line people are like like you know so so, so yeah like I, I don't understand why why would it that, that's not what i do like well it is now <laughs> it is now and that's you know we all have our burdens we all have our growth points and whatever one you're in in working through or have worked through it's perfect for you um and when we get into jealousy or thinking that we can't do it because somebody else is set up and that's why they're where they're at, 
believe me, they are in their own struggles. And when we focus on working through our own, instead of, you know, looking outside at other people thinking that they've had it, gotten it made, um, you know, we, we just don't know. And it, it's, it doesn't serve us in any way. Would you say then that it's a disservice to enable your kids, which I know um, a lot of adults have, want the best for their kids and it's good intended to help them get through college, to help, help them get a house or whatever name, you know, fill in the blank of what mm -hmm. you want to help yeah. your kids yeah. with. Yeah. And yet, and I'm sure it's child dependent because some mm -hmm. people still have a drive or a will to improve mm -hmm. themselves. I'm just curious if you feel like as a society, we have, you know, gone too far with what we perceive as helping our kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then if you look at the mental well-being of most teenagers or young adults, it seems that we've had increased depression, anxiety, yeah. Yeah. even suicide, these mass shootings. Like what is going on in the world? Yeah, yeah, messy, 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 right? Yeah, and and I think that a lot of the kids that are coming in are are so much more sensitive, right? And so we can talk about the culture of that and go, oh, you know, we have to be so careful in how we talk, and you know, like everything's off limits now and accountability. And there's absolutely a cultural component to that, and there's also uh, a genuine sensitivity with the new folks that are coming in. And you know, I, I mean, I, I think that I can really feel that feeling like there's a lot of us that have been on this planet for a while that are kind of part of this new wave of, of kids that are just being born now at like those front runners, you know, like talk about like indigos and crystals and all, all of that. Like, and, and I, I know that that was me too coming onto this planet. And so I grew up in an era where, you know, it was like, just deal with a kid. Right. But I, I and I had those same sensitivities. And so I, I when I see these kids coming in, I can, I can see that and feel that in them very easily. And, you know, like most things, we solve problems with the opposite problem. So there's this overcorrection of like, yeah, well, you shouldn't tell somebody they're an idiot. And so, you know, when they're doing something wrong, we, you know, we, we still pretend they're, they're doing it right. right? Like, well, I don't think that's the solution. Like, let's just, let's, let's, whenever you're being an idiot, let's pretend you're not like, well, maybe, maybe there's just a clear way to communicate this. There's, there's a, a scaffolding that we can create to help people, but we tend, you know, it's just the 3D duality nature of things. We, we overcorrect. And so, you know, my hopes, my intention, you know, obviously I have the foundation working with teens and young adults is to help kids who are sensitive find their own strength inside. And it's not about just padding their external world, but showing them an internal world where that strength is. And so I, I think that there's a lot of transformation that we're in the middle of that, you know, is the overcorrection that is the polarity and, and is not the solution. Um, and so we're, we're seeing that shift and change. And I think it will come through a correction point. Um, you know, it's, I think it's so driven by social media, it's so driven by, um, you know, putting the interests of a few at the in, at, at, above the interests of the, of the, of the masses. And, um, and as opposed to sorting through and, and finding a stabilized, balanced place, um, you know, of course we've, we've overdone it. And so I, I think, as the problems continue to generate from that and fester and explode in, in our, in our uh, communities and in our culture, there'll be a, a, a recentering um, that, that will just take place. And it'll probably start with an overcorrection back the other way. Um, you know, and I'm sure we're, you know, we already see that we see people 
resisting it by being much more harsh, being much more rejection, by bringing much more hate. Um, but it's all part of this balancing place and it's what it looks like in duality. And so for those of us that are able to access a higher place inside of ourselves, you know, to not take the ride with the culture, but to be able to go, where is my stability with this? Where is that right action? Where is that centered place that actually brings us forward instead of, you know, the correction over correction, correction over correction uh, piece that is happening. And so, you know, kids are taking that ride with society and getting so involved in the idea of like that, that it sets them up in their own way to be debilitated to, you know, like, oh, you do have it so hard. You are so sensitive. Let's, you know, create this, this soft room around you so that you don't have to adjust to it again. And, and that's a setup just like, you know, saying let's create this financial stability around you so you don't have to worry. Like, well, well what does that create? You know, and what, what are the challenges that come with that? And so, you know, very similar to what we were just talking about. And, you know, now when a kid doesn't trust his own resilience, you know, doesn't see a future in front of him, doesn't know how to, to you know, maintain a sense of sovereignty, like they're just being pushed around by the world and they're given permission to do that. You know, how do they learn to stabilize, you know, and how do they learn to trust that they're going to have the capacity and ability to do that? Um you know, without a little bit more rigor or a little bit more sense of here's where I land and here's the solidness of me. And this is what I want to bring to the world. So focused on the external world and the padding and the softness. And whenever that softness isn't there, I get to get offended and I get to retreat. Um, you know, it's like, I get it and I see why it's all happening. And we're also seeing the, you know, the consequences of that, um, even as well-intended as it is. Yeah. Yes. Did that answer all your questions? <laughs> I felt like there was more. To oh, it, it really opened up another whole can of questions. And um, I listened to a motivational speaker named Eric Thomas. He okay. goes by ET. And <laughs> he goes into these colleges and talks to kids and motivates athletes. And, mm -hmm. you know, he talks about how they've become soft. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he had a hard upbringing. His mom even kicked him out on the streets at a certain point that was like, get yourself together. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm not, I'm done with you. And yet it created such a hunger in him and a drive mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. for him to be who, the man he is today. He actually got his PhD. He went to school on and on and on, and he's very successful now. And yet he knows what it's like to have that hunger and to do something about it. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just, and, and it's interesting, right? That is the duality piece too, right? Like this, here's the harshness, right? Versus the softness. Yes. And and so we bounce back and forth, which one's the solution, you know? Yes. And, and that's always such a funny question to me because it's like, well, what if there's like this loving accountability in the middle, you know? Um, but when we get uncomfortable, when we recognize that something's wrong, which of course we do, that's what part of our human nature we want to make it the opposite. Like, and and I've talked a lot about this of how important it is for us whenever we decide something is wrong or needs to change is to identify what we believe is the opposite of that. And not so we can do it because that's gonna be our nature, but to recognize that as these are the now the bookends. And our answer is gonna actually be, our alignment's gonna be somewhere in the middle of those things. But if we don't identify it, there's a really strong tendency for us. And even when we do identify, there's a really strong tendency for us to think that's the solution. But when we can bring that mindfulness and that, that understanding that goes, this is probably what I'm going to want to do here. Okay, let me label it. Let me see it. Let me know it so that I know that that's not the answer. 
um, because my du duality nature is going to, you know, my human nature is going to um, make that appear to me as if it is. And until I find my alignment and my bounce, um, you know, that doesn't change. Yes, I like that. I think it's great as a parent, particularly to be aware of your tendencies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, and it's interesting. You know, one of the things that I talk to my daughters a lot, you know, two daughters who are now uh, uh, 22, I can't believe that, and, and 19, uh, growing up was, you know, we lived in a lot of wealthy communities. And, you know, like I kind of got a kick out of it. Like my, my kids thought we were kind of poor you know, as her growing up, because we lived in these wealthy communities, I'm like, I kind of, I'm kind of okay with that. <laughs> you know, was, yes. Right. Cause it's, uh, uh, you know, like, you know, who's standing next to you type of thing. But we talked a lot about the difference between entitlement, where somebody thinks that they should just have stuff, it should be handed to them. And when it isn't, they just can't believe it, you know, and, you know, the other part of, of that, that's, that's not entitlement, which is about, privilege and living a privileged life, meaning that we've, you know, we're in situations and we're setting in settings where we have these incredible opportunities in front of us, where we've, you know, maybe worked really hard to create them. And there's a certain privilege that comes with that, a certain amount of opportunity that other people don't have. And while, you know, I believe that we can all work through wherever we're starting from and create privilege in our life, there's a huge difference between the privilege that we can achieve or can be offered to people around us, you know, and entitlement of like, well, I, I just deserve this. And, and, you know, I, it's funny, like I, my girls can almost go like, okay, here comes the privilege entitlement talk again. You know, right. Because, you know, they, they grew up around a lot of people that were very entitled that, you know, had everything and just couldn't imagine not having it just handed to them. And, you know, and, and, you know, I, I know what a setup that is in the world. You know, that wasn't the world I grew up in and uh, privilege wasn't the world I grew up in either. Yet I wanted them to recognize that the world in the world, anything that they want is available to them and they have to do the steps to earn it. And there's a certain amount of privilege that comes with just that understanding, right? Most people don't have that understanding, the understanding itself and the, the example of it and recognizing that you can create whatever you want in your life, you know, th that is privilege because most people aren't given that conceptual understanding of reality. They're, they, you know, they're going, well, you know, go to work and, you know, get shit done and, you know, do what's in front of you and be okay with it versus, you know, make a life of fulfillment for yourself that's about your passions um, and you can do anything you want. And to me that, you know, that's a whole different paradigm that just sets up privilege um, because most people don't have that paradigm. It is such a gift. I heard Anderson Cooper talk about his mother who was Gloria Vanderbilt who had millions of dollars and Gloria told him at an appropriate time, I don't know if that was adolescence or young mm -hmm. adult or after college, basically you're not going to get my money. Like I'm, I'm mm -hmm. not leaving you my estate. And he said it created a desire in mm -hmm. him to mm -hmm. go out and make something of himself. Yeah. And it was the best gift mm -hmm. she could give him. And so she passed away a few years ago and he was tearful about that in his talking about his mom and also, and if she did leave him something um, <laughs> in the estate, 
And yet I think he could see how the beauty of the gift that she left him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When we think we're taken care of and our future is all set, yeah. you know, we, we, it's really hard to create the future that's perfect for us. That completes part one of this three-part series. Really uh, appreciate you listening. And uh, so you tune in next week, we'll release the continued conversation where we talk about the relationship with self, we talk about relationship with those close to us, and we start to get into intimate relationships. So uh, looking forward to sharing that with you next week. Please tune in and, and have a listen. Have a great week. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. And if you did, please subscribe so you can catch the next episode. If you want to learn more about the Aligned Living System and how it could support you in your life, check out davidwaldus.com. <laughs>